I'm Matt Bronger. This might help. I am not a doctor. This might help. I'm not a professional. Let's have fun. This honestly is a good time. I'm Matt Bronger. This might help the podcast. Welcome, and thanks for listening to This Might Help with Matt Bronger. Uh, shout out to the Mighties. Thanks to everybody for uh, promoting the show and telling friends and all this jazz. And Because as we know, we don't really need a show like this because there's no anxiety in the air and <laughs> everyone feels great. But at the same time, fuck it, why not? Look, I have a great friend on and one of my favorite comedians working today. Uh, please welcome Langston Kerman. Yay. Yay. All right. How are you, Langston? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah. I I was terrified that I wasn't uh I'll be honest, I've never been able to get virtual backgrounds to work. So I was <laughs> hoping that maybe there was some technical uh resolutions to it. But no, we we resolved to not it's give fine. a fuck. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Like I like I said before we started, uh for listeners, you know, if you didn't know, we have this 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 wackadoo background and 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 font and design by the amazing Chris Fairbanks that basically suggests like a uh let's just say a uh to use a, uh, uh, the name of a song I enjoy, a frontier psychiatrist. Yeah. Like someone who basically is just the person who's like, look, medicine is, 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 is not a real thing, but let me talk to you. You know, like, yeah. I'm, this, is, this is not a non-clinical advice show. I say it, that all the time. If it's people got, need uh, help. It's got like real apothecary vibes. Thank like, you. Uh, yes. <laughs> like before we for. knew to call them pharmacies and we had to make <laughs> up a word. That yes. was gonna... <laughs> yeah, this, this, I mean, in a lot of ways, this show is harmless snake oil. You know, sure. it's like, it's not, you look, I'm never, <laughs> you know, I, when, I, when I called the show advice from a dipshit in its last incarnation, uh, I think I got some listeners who were expecting me to be like, when people call in, I'd be like, you should do coke. I'm serious. You know, something. <laughs> <laughs> come like on you're guy. an idiot try it <laughs> like, but it's like i can't i've never been that person that could you know let's just say brand myself on sure. on on some bullshit even if it would be, make me you know uh, a little bit more coin but uh, yeah it's it's the, anyway the background doesn't matter i'm just i'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're here um how me how too. are you how are you doing these days in in doing, all going on i'm doing pretty well uh i i feel like uh things are on an upswing at least in terms of uh, my personal like life but Good. i also recognize that as the world is taking a weird sure. turn it it feels weird to celebrate any of that like it, of there's nowhere to put those feelings very right. often because <laughs> yes you, you don't want to be the person who's winning while everyone else is dying no it's survivor's uh, remorse is not fun I no. think we we we're we're all have look the fact that I'm my head's above water my wife is healthy my baby's healthy I'm doing okay yeah. even though comedy is gone as we yeah. in, terms of, in terms of live stuff um so it's like my con, my contributions are 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 there's something but they're not amazing right. so it's like but but at the same time you know I I I have nothing to complain complain about and that makes that gives me massive guilt do you have, do you have like a, have you, were you someone who growing up, I grew up Catholic, progressive yeah. Catholic, but you know, guilt is installed in you. It sure. comes with, it's a, it's a factory standard, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, I, Catholic. I, my understanding and I, I, uh, my father is Jewish, but an atheist. And so uh -huh. like, not, I didn't learn shit about the, the Jewish religion growing up, but my mother, I, I at one point was going to church like three times a week 
by my own volition. Like I was excited wow. to be there kind of thing. Yeah. And my understanding is it, they all give you guilt. It's just some of them <laughs> give it to you in a more like intense, like uh, heavy fashion. And then others are like guilt, but it's cute and guilt, but it yes. like tickles a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you know, I got the ticklish guilt sure. more than the uh, scary Catholic guilt uh, that mm -hmm. I've heard so much about. Yeah, and, and I didn't have it that bad. I mean, I grew up in uh, Portland, Oregon, and my, my, my church was so progressive that it got, it got burned down in the 30s for allowing black parishioners. And like, <laughs> it, it, like, so, like, you know, we had, like, a black Jesus and Mary next to the altar. We had, like... Oh, you got... Okay, well, that's know, but, So, much. it's like, the point, even as a child, I was like, we can't even call this Catholic because... You know, there's there's a there's a gay flag and there's but it's, they still. Yeah, you guys you know, were doing way too much. That's, yeah. Look, there were black <laughs> churches that weren't putting up a black Jesus at that time. Sure, sure they thought it, but they didn't put it up. They knew that that's a little unreasonable for these white. Uh, but, but that's Portland. <laughs> Portland is incredibly unreasonable. Sure. You know, like you look at the protests, it's like a thousand white people going, Black Lives Matter, set fire to the post office. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? <laughs> this, you Take can't force easy. change that way. Your Just hearts focus. are in the right area. <laughs> and of course I'm speaking generally, but it's like, you know, I mean, but it was, it was, you know, uh, a, it, let's just say it was a weird church and stuff, but it's like, I, my parents, even now, I said to my dad, I haven't been to church since I was like, you know, regularly since I was like probably a teenager, but yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I was like, dad, I can wrap my head around the idea of a God, but my problem is congregation. I can't sure. wrap my head about like, we agree on this. Yes. Yes. Then yeah. that's our team. That's right. kind of, and my, and my dad said to me, he was like, he was like, you know, if I didn't have the friends in church, I have, I don't know if I would go. Right. I don't know if I'd go. I was, you know? I was saying this to my wife the other day that like uh, one of the, the exact moments that I can pinpoint that like sort of pushed me away from church as it were, was uh, they, they showed a video in Bible study one time where it was like a breaking down all of like the, the Satanist undertones of like music out in the world. And it was specifically them like pointing to, to John Lennon's Imagine Oh. Where they were like, well, this is really about him equating himself to God and saying that he is a God amongst men. And it's, at, at that time, I was also writing a, a shit ton of poetry. So okay. I'm like, no, I, I know what this is saying. And it, it, they're <laughs> sure that is an interpretation if you want to be a weirdo about it. But sure. like there's multiple interpretations here. And I think he's just saying we should all try to treat each other like maybe we yes. are special and gifted yeah. and, and important in the world yeah. and they were like nope you're going to hell if you like that See, song and I was that's like, it right ah, there I, it's the I certainty it's the yeah. no 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 listen to us and you're like look i, I don't want to judge you as a person but i i know who you are yeah. and I know the certainty you need right i'm not happy with that certainty yeah the, the thing of the just form i just call it form certain right you know this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i could never really wrap my head around that yeah none of you are uh brilliant enough for me to just right. go with whatever you've interpreted from this text none of yeah. you're not you're not great thinkers you're just people yeah. who happen to be in charge of this church and that's cool yes. but i'm i'm not listening no and and it was like i feel like there's there's just brilliance all over the place and i i will say there was a born again kid that used to drive me nuts in high school yeah. That would just do that, just do the the um the youth pastor move anytime. Like 
you'd be laughing about something. He's like, he's like, doesn't that feel good? You know what that is? That's the presence of Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> Neil, stop, stop, Neil. You know, and he was a nice guy, and I know his heart was in the right place. But I remember yeah. he said something that that was like, I was like, all right, Neil. Where he we were, for some reason we were talking about uh, Charles Manson. Right. And he goes, he goes, look, someone takes you out to the desert and they make a rock levitate. You're telling me you're not going to follow that guy? And I was like, damn, because <laughs> he was just so. So like, you're just admitting you'd be down for a cult. Well, like, it's at like any it's point. Thing, you know, to his credit, I think he meant it'd be hard not to. Like if show, right. someone showed you what appeared to be divinity for you, because I mean, that he just found people who'd been abused by their parents and relatives and, yeah. and turned to drugs, and he was like, "I'm your Jesus," and they were like, "Finally." good right. you can be my dad you can be my mom you know yeah. like that's all that's all you know in the end a lot of us are looking for if we didn't have that uh right that charles manson was able to make the emotional rock levitate right. inside yes. of them yeah. <laughs> which is much more important than a regular yeah. <laughs> in the at the end of the day you're and lifting the, these rocks off of my heart and yeah. now <laughs> i have a new leader and, and I have to, I have to uh, tell you this because it just, it just made me laugh inside because you were saying how you were, you were raised your, well, your, your father was, was Jewish, but atheist. But yeah. um, I, I was walking in the Beverly district probably about 10 years ago with, you know, where the, the, the Orthodox Jewish uh, folks generally live for the most part mm -hmm. in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I was walking and I got surround, like these dudes just came out of nowhere, the black hats and they surrounded me. <laughs> young too like like 20 somethings and i was yeah. you know, like 33 at the time or something and they surrounded me and they're like can we ask you a question and i've been robbed before sure I know <laughs> where i'm just like ah you know uh, you're just like here's my uh, wallet daddy's home here here's we go <laughs> you know it's like that scene in la story hi i'm brian i'll be a robber tonight oh, yeah. you know thank you they walk off it's like it's transactional it's like i no one yeah. wants to get shot but it was that feeling where you're like, someone's behind me, someone's here, someone's here, where they surrounded me. And they're like, guys like, excuse me, can I ask you a question? And we're just standing there and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you Jewish? And I said, mm -hmm. nope. I was like, no, I, if I couldn't get the next, they just, they were yeah. gone. They just disappeared. <laughs> just like, scattered. <laughs> just they, they, they Batmaned and then Batmaned. Yeah. And I remember uh, I was uh, that night, I think I had a show uh somewhere and, and i was with nick kroll backstage and i was like dude can i ask you what and he's like oh yeah they do that they do yeah. that they, he's like he's like with me they would have tried to grind me down all the way to my car you know right like, what's that I, I used to live in uh crown heights brooklyn oh yeah there is a it's another place where the hasidic jews tend yes. to uh you know take over and live and mm -hmm. they similarly i've had multiple times where they stopped me i think they got desperate i think they were just <laughs> look they're like fuck it man we asked all the white people in this neighborhood and there aren't enough so we'll just start reaching into the vaguely sure. brown people and see what happens <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they asked me and I, I think at the time I probably went into a longer explanation than they cared for where I'm like, well, technically my dad is, but I know for you guys, that doesn't really mom count. Has and to they were mom. like, no, you're done. Move, move. <laughs> well, it's, and it's funny that you were like, well, one of my parents is, and he's like, mm? and you're like, yeah. my dad, boom. Like, I'm listening. Go I just on. Expect, once you said your dad, he just went home and kicked the wall like yeah. 75 times, like so close, so close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like told his wife at home, I almost got one today, honey. <laughs> he talked Taking to me and everything. Jacket.
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after the salesman scene. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to say like um, a couple things. First thing, obviously you shouldn't feel guilty for doing, for doing okay, because you're not someone who took, who took the crap route. Every time I've seen you, you've been like, not only a positive person, but you're such a funny person. So I feel like it's like, you're a force for good, if I may. Yeah. So I, (laughs) you have to hear these things where it's kind of like, cause life, life is not Twitter. You know, if, if you, if you were to write, I'm I'm happy that my wife and I are doing good and my, my career's all right and and you know I've I've overcome certain blah blah blah. You know, there'd be some troll without a face, like a picture of a tree is his, yeah. his avatar. <laughs> Just a, a Pokemon with, dying with tits. Of, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a dog. A dog is angry at you. Yeah. <laughs> So you know you, you you have to I think it's I think it's in the interests of the very people you you might feel guilt about to be okay. Yeah. With I think and I think to your point it really is about balancing that okay yeah. and just uh knowing where to put it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That like maybe to that exact point maybe Twitter ain't the place to take these feelings no. but it's okay to have them. No, and exactly. you, you got to know that balance. You got to exactly. know like Hey, maybe shut the fuck up on this mean website, but you can, you can feel happy. You can, you can secretly have all the good feelings. It's true. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, you know, I do, I I do get a kick out of your, 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 you know, billions selling rapper that will go on uh, IG live and just scream (laughs) about how good his or her life is. I I think it's like, you know, it's, that's why, it it it, it kind of gives you life in a sense. It's like yeah, when, like what for the little kids. Like when I was a little kid, we have David Lee Roth doing like kick flips and shit, and like was right. just constantly having fun. And and you're just like, oh, you're just you're like a satyr in the woods, you know, yeah. that's just running after the nymphs, flipping, <laughs> you know, grabbing figs out of the gra- out of the air. And it's like yeah. it's like you know, I don't have to be that, but I could take a note from that. To yeah, go ahead I I think. Joy. I think to your point, taking a note from from it for your own personal experience is great, but I also think taking it to the internet is probably the wrong instinct because we also root against them now. Like you see a rapper (laughs) like celebrate how much money they have and like immediately the internet is like trying to locate them and steal whatever they have emotionally, physically, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, I mean- it's it's when you have when you have you not to stick on rappers but just like i'm kind of going by the my my the thread that when my mind is taking me you think about like you know kendrick lamar and vince staples are like 75 year old men yeah when they're interviewed you're like god you're deep god you're wise yeah god i hope you give yourself an ice cream cone or something today (laughs) you make such good art and it's just and you're right yeah yeah, but like boy you know the 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 weight you're carrying around and in it's of their of their own volition they're choosing that with you know which is yeah i i really appreciate but it's Vince staples uh once said something that that for some reason sticks with me a lot and it it isn't a hugely insightful thing it just is a a very telling thing about the the human he is is that like yeah. i guess they were so poor when he was growing up that they would basically just have to like split 
McDonald's sandwiches every night. Like they would buy like sandwiches off the dollar menu and like him and his brother, I can't remember who it was, but they're like cutting sandwiches in half and split that. And that would be their meal every single night. And he said, now his body doesn't work the way it's supposed to (laughs) because of years of poisoning himself from the the sandwiches and from this fucking awful whatever yeah and i similarly feel like the reason i've said it before the reason i can't touch my toes has to be from all the mountain dew that i drank from all the just the the awful things that i took into my body and i do think to your larger point that is how you create a more centered human being is like somebody who grew up on actual like poverty grew through all of that and then gained perspective on it and didn't just go all right i'm rich now it ain't yeah. a problem no more we good talk about appreciating you know yeah I, yeah i remember i i love reading interviews of vince staples because like the one was he was literally buying like a new mercedes-benz sedan and was like in the showroom and was just like i hate spending money that's like yeah. all he said <laughs> like he right. this amazing car <laughs> which is like a spaceship, if you've ever driven one of those, you know, it, and he just, it was like, uh, you know, but he also, it, I, I, I like, I like, I'm, I'm in awe of people that don't think about the ramifications before they speak truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and it was, I interview they there talking about Michael Jordan, like, said like, well, who do you think is like the Michael Jordan of rapper, whatever, like, who's the greatest? Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, Michael Jordan's an asshole, right? You guys know that. <laughs> And he said, because it's that thing where, I mean, I lived in Chicago in the 90s and the early 2000s, and it was that best kept secret with just like, he's just a notorious prick to a lot. Yeah. I worked with him on a commercial. He was nice to me. He said maybe two sentences. He was all cool to me, but like, he has that rep. And it made me think of the amount of times where someone's, uh, I'll give you a wild example, Bill Cosby, when I always heard he was handsy. You know, mm-hmm. like he would grab butts and things like that. Yep. And it was kind of chalked up to, oh, he's an old man. And then mm-hmm. we find out what he was really doing. <laughs> was just, yeah, no, I, well, I'll, I'll say two things to what you said. I, I grew up in Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not know that. Like as a kid in Chicago, you're sitting sure. there and you just get the iconic sort of like pitch of what Michael Jordan is and it isn't until I got older that I'm like oh no that's the piece of shit of a human (laughs) being who just happens to be the best at what he does but similarly I had uh there's a writer at Fallon uh a a former writer I don't know if he's still there anymore it kind of doesn't matter but like I remember him telling us a story one time of uh, how anytime Cosby came on the show, they would have to hire an extra PA to walk him through the hallways because if they didn't, he would get, he would literally like stop at every girl to like grab or talk to him or like they would just have to have a person next to him to be like, no, 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 this way, Mr. Cosby. No, Mr. Cosby, we can't stop this time. We got to keep going, Mr. Cosby. And like the fact that the industry just knew that Yes. And knew that this was what you had to do with them. It's mm-hmm. like, ah, you know, the, to, to the larger point, this dude was, we knew, we knew he was a monster. We knew yep. a lot of these people are bad people. And it's more of the pitch that yeah. we offer the, the world about who they are. That they say the same thing about Bill Clinton, that he has mm-hmm. a, a cadre of handlers that they have to steer him yeah. away. You know, uh, there, there's a, there's a, a, a movie star who is 
you know, his, his thing is not uh, more as not as predatory as those other guys. His thing is he's in the closet and mm-hmm. he just will go to West Hollywood gyms and just get naked in the, in the locker room and hang out. Yeah. And like, uh, I remember, uh, you know, I could say who told me, Will Arnett said his friend, when I, when I worked with Will on a show called Up All Night, he said his friend is gay and was goes to this gym in West Hollywood. It's a very popular gym. And he was in there and he's like, he has a, like a low locker and he's sitting and he's just opening and he turns and there's just genitals. <laughs> and, it's a, and he looks up and this naked man, this naked, very famous man who I'm not going to say who it is. Morgan Freeman is standing there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, talk talk about blowing up my podcast. That would just be famous for the wrong. I will go on record. I, from from here on out, I will neither confirm nor deny, but I will deny it. It's not Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that's an amazing image, that voice, especially with the next part of the story. Hello there. No, that's, that's all he said. Naked, famous guy looks at him naked and is just like, hello. And oh, Will's fuck. friend went, no, man. Yeah. Like, no, like get, hey, right. you know, it's that it's, you know, yeah. and that is to this person's, you know, sad need uh, to keep himself hidden and all that jazz. But at the same time, it's, it's a big old secret. Yeah. And it's very known. And, you know, I think it's a reflection of, of a type of mental health that we don't, we've worked so hard to, to stuff people's urges and desires down and keep them secret. And so then it comes out in these weird, unhealthy ways. And that doesn't justify the behavior, right? That's not me going like, this is society's fault that this person's misbehaving. Like, no, he's sick and he needs to deal with that. Right. But like, you know, at, on a larger scale, we also need to create a space where like a dude who likes to pull his dick out in gyms uh, yeah. is at least able to talk to somebody and figure out why he likes to pull his dick out in gyms and not well, just and also, do it. And also, also to, his, to his credit, like in, a, in an industry that his career will not be crushed. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, I like to be naked with men. Yeah. Great, but you're this thing. You know, sure. It, well, the nice thing is he's in an industry where there are a lot of other closeted behaviors. Yes. So, so it's like I can't tell on him. No, I got weird shit I like to do. So, of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no. And it, 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 it all comes down to like you're not infringing on other people and 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 you know being yeah. being being a predator. And the sad thing is the the you know the male heterosexual predators it's it's have 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 thriven. Yeah, have, have thrived for many, many, many decades. Yeah, no, we uh, we've been uh, we've been. I like shooting. that you're you're saying we. You just hey, <laughs> I my news will come out eventually. I might as well own it now and just it, you know live. It in would it. blow my mind more that you were than that I was. If I, had, <laughs> if I had some kind of blackout period, you know, where it's just like, you know, because I used to get really, really fucking drunk and like, yeah to talk to a lot of girls and you know that was the aim you know it was kind of like aimless life i had in my so if like something came out about me it's just like i would be fucked up you know but it's yeah. just like something come out about you though and i feel like i'm a good judge of character that would blow my mind more. i i i hope that nothing will ever come out about me i don't have anything that i at least to my knowledge know to sure. have done but i do think that that's a part of like the really interesting uh, change that's happening in the world, right? Yes. Is that like some of the things that 
we shame even the biggest monsters, Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, for right. in at a certain point in their career, at a certain point in their life, that was a thing that was at least passable enough yeah. that they felt like they could standardize it in all of their interactions. You yeah. know what I mean? So it mm-hmm. wasn't. You know, Cosby brought up Spanish Fly in the '90s yep. on in that Larry King interview. That's he wasn't right. he wasn't hiding it. He was like, "Yeah, that's you know what we used to do. You put some Spanish Fly in a girl's drink, you see what happens." And he was wistful about it, like all yeah. oh, the days, the sweet I, memories. <laughs> you know, my my dad. It's funny. My dad used to be what you call a student management specialist or a disciplinarian. Yeah. You know, in in junior high, and then he was a vice principal, and then a principal, and and then and now he's retired, but. You know, when he was a student management specialist, he was the, it was the office you went to when you were, you were really screwing up. And he had, when I was a kid, he had a shoebox full of confiscated weapons. And I would sure. like love to get that shoebox out and be like, nunchucks, you know, fast <laughs> knuckles. And it wasn't like a big tough school, but you know, when yeah. you're, a kid, you're like, Hey, I, I have a butterfly knife for yeah. no reason, you know? So it'd just be, and he was saying, you know, he still talks to like the younger guys and, uh, and, and gals who he can't, who he, who he kind of like mentored and stuff. And he's like, now these, these guys are confiscating guns, mm-hmm. guns. And my dad's like, in my day, you know, just knives. Just butterfly knives. And he was knives. almost wistful, like, oh, <laughs> knives. You know, like <laughs> to look back on that era and be like, ah, oh. you know, it'd be like if, um, you know, a, a gang task force person was like, remember the warriors? <laughs> You wore a vest. Why don't you just put some nails in a bat and, and just <laughs> good American beatdowns? The worst oh. that happens, someone loses an eye. And that's terrible. <laughs> but they live to fight another day. Yeah, I, I was telling my wife the other day that like I'm I'm the oldest of five, but wow. I am I am substantially older than all of them. So like oh, really? the next in line is 10 years younger than I am. Wow. So I I spent the majority of my life as an only child, or at least my childhood as like an only child. Okay. And so I, I have very uh, only child tendencies despite having so many siblings. And one of the things that I was telling my wife the other day is like, I just used to light stuff on fire. Like I, I would like get matches and like a lighter and I'd be in my dad's basement and I would find like paper and I would just light it on fire and watch it burn because sure. that's the, what, that was my energy. That's the, and thank God I, you know, on multiple occasions almost burned some shit down, but I never did because then I would have been an arsonist kid or a fucking, you know, I would have been the weirdo that I actually was, was working yeah. through. And yeah. so because I didn't get, get caught and because I didn't burn anything, sure. I get to grow up to be a normal human being who realizes that fire isn't as cool and funny as I thought it was as a child. But, but if you get caught, cool now you're funny. a weirdo. It is, fire, <laughs> it is fun to watch stuff burn. It, it is. is. It's fucking dope. But because you had a, a good home environment and because you, you have a good sense of self-control, you did not grow up to your age and be like, want to know how I got these scars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you did not become the Joker. You didn't right. Have, some men just want to watch the world burn. You don't yeah. want the world burn. You want to no. watch an action figure melt. Exactly. I, I one time uh, stole my dad's wife. This is his, uh, his, his third wife. Uh, I stole her pepper spray was on her keys and I just wanted to see what happens when you pepper spray yourself and I pepper sprayed my my hand 
I thought like, oh, I'll just see what happens because I, I also was associating it with pepper. I'm like, yeah, this would be cool. It would be like putting pepper on my hand and it burns. It burns the flesh off of your skin. Really Obviously, hurts. once it's in the atmosphere, it like burns your eyes and shit. Breathe it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like I, again, like a day in the basement, pepper sprayed myself and yep. I had to work through that and not become the kid who ke- who brings the pepper spray to school yeah. and then does it to other kids. You know what I mean? Right. Well, boys, you know, we, 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 I think that like, you know, my friend, uh, Laura Solon, very funny comedy writer. She said one of the most amazing things ever, which is she, she said like in regards to us as children, like um, little girls make rules, little boys break shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of, you know, we have this energy where we're always kicking holes in walls or burning things and stuff. It's, and it's, I think it's partly impatience in the immediacy of change we need yeah. where women at least have a reserve, you know, and not to, you know, I'm sure someone's listening to this and you're like, stop genderizing everything. But it's just like, look, in, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of generally speaking in our yeah. development. So it's like, yeah, I did uh, wild shit like that. I mean, I have friends who still, I, you know, uh, my, my, my buddy, Sean Flannery in a job interview, uh, he was look, he looked and the guy had one of those giant batteries, you know, those ones that can like start a car, yeah, yeah, yeah. The little square ones, right. right? With the yeah. four uh, ringed spirals. Yeah. And he's nervous in the job interview. And he just wanted to think of something to do. And he was like, Hey, remember when you used to lick batteries as a kid and he picked that up and the guy goes, no. And he licked it and he not, it knocked him. Holy he shit. Told, sent him out of the chair he knocked himself unconscious by licking an enormous battery Fuck. in a job interview to try to to try to you know something yeah <laughs> and i think that's just that, i won't say that's male but we all have these we i think i don't we, know any girls who would have did that i think i might know a couple <laughs> i you know I, it, but it, it, to the to the point I, I think it like it's experimentation is just is just a thing and that we, we're we're all constantly doing on our minds mm-hmm. as a kid you're like you know what i'm gonna go ahead with it right you know, like- <laughs> yeah no i i think it is that it's it's i you you go through a bunch of things to figure out the human that you want to be and then That's hopefully exactly. you you become a person who licks the battery and knows now all right, battery licking is a private event. That's not, I that's not, not for public consumption. In an event that hinges on my employment. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I'll so. feel, I'll work on me enough so that battery licking is like my fifth best idea and that's not correct. my second. Yeah, that's, uh, that's plan F. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always ask people this on the show, um, and you, you seem a thoughtful man. Do you get... <laughs> Uh, do you get uh, a lot of people that will ask you for advice, whether you know them or not? Uh, a, a lot of people know, but uh, the people in my life, I would say I, there's like a tight circle of people where I am the person who serves up the advice. I yes. think my, yeah, now that I'm married, my wife, uh, everybody trusts her a lot more. Uh, than me and i'm sure you have a similar thing where without a doubt she steers the boat i used to be i used to be very wise and centered and everybody believed in me and then i got married and everybody was like you're a fucking idiot and that lady should leave you and it's like okay well you didn't Uh, feel that way a year ago but fine fine Um, (laughs) but yeah no i i think there's a few people in my life who i tend to be the the main source of advice giving 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not just the physicality, but I tend to say like my, like when people are like, what's the plan? I'm like, you need to talk to Han Solo. That's my wife. Yeah. Look, I'm Chewbacca. That's sure. it. You never go, hey, Chewie, what's the plan? Right. Like Han, hey, Han can ask Chewie what the plan uh, yeah. is. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I'm, I might have a good idea here and there, but it's just, I just carry the big crossbow and I, you know, I yeah, kick yeah, yeah. doors and I carry heavy shit. Like we, my wife and I just got back two days ago uh, from uh, 8,000 miles on the road. We were, we were on the road for two months. Oh, man. And we drove, we drove to Massachusetts, just get away from that California fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oregon, but we just, we, we, we went all over the country uh, in an electric car with California plates. Whoa. Let me tell you, driving through Mississippi <laughs> and Alabama. Woo. And, uh, you know, right around the election. But yeah, um, you're the enemy and you, yeah. uh, you're we, not equipped to fight back in that. Uh, no. Nope. What Everybody. is it? A, a Prius? Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to be able to kill someone and hide the body that way. Even worse, a Tesla. Oh, talk about fucking coastal elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone else has a gun. <laughs> um, but you know, we met some cool people at charging stations, but that's all I'll say. But, uh, yeah, we, long story long, we got home two days ago and it felt, I was telling Renee, our producer, it, I, I felt like a released hostage, like, cause I'd been on the road for so goddamn long and just like, just being, being, just seeing home and, and having that. So like, you know, I, I was like a mule. I, mm-hmm. we had everything in that car. It's like an SUV. We just loaded shit in and out all every, every hotel. I carried this bassinet in and out all of the, yeah. baby so like, anyway, I served a purpose, you know, sure. so it was, it was, it was good to be chewy. You are a utility that, uh, that yeah. di- did the job and now you don't have to do that job anymore. Back to the apothecary. You know, you can't carry the fucking <laughs> vials without, without the mule. Uh huh. Okay. You need the mule. <laughs> So, like we do on this show, uh, like I tell everybody, if you didn't know, what we do, we, we play a call. I haven't heard it. Only Renee has heard it. People okay. call in. I never hear it first time. So, like, you and I are going to hear this for the first time, and we'll just, we'll just offer some advice. You ready for the first call? I'm so excited. All right. Roll it, Renee. Hello, mate. Mate. I got problem. Made some help. Uh, hoping you might be able to help. Uh, I've realized I've developed a, an obsession with that one long white pubic hair in your, uh, eyebrow. And, uh, I'm obsessed with pulling it out. Every time I see it, I just want to yank it out. I want to help you. I want to help people who look at you. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what to do, but, uh, you could offer me some advice. I appreciate it. Hey, love you, mate. Broda. <laughs> this is definitely someone who I know who was drunk. I was about to say. Australian acts. Like, that was. That felt like big prank call energy. Big, big prank call energy. And the person had, had practiced the word mate in uh-huh. front of the mirror several times. <laughs> Look, we, we did this thing where we do, uh, during the first couple months of COVID, every Sunday we do a trivia night on mm-hmm. Zoom with, all, with a lot of friends. Yeah. And um, I, I had a friend who had a house. He bought a house in the desert for cheap. And he would just, he just was out there. And like, if you tested, you could go hang, go, you know, go drink, smoke weed and shit in his, his desert house. 
Yeah. And the people that were in the desert house doing trivia were always like next level wasted. Like we're all drinking. Right. You know, but like, and my friend Dave was, and this, that was definitely not Dave, but I'll use him as an example. My friend Dave, like, you know, we're on, we're on Zoom. It's like 15 people, you know, yeah. different households. Right. And Dave's like, you know, my friend Ben was on as a musician that Dave was like, Ben, your album's fucking great, man. And everyone's like, <laughs> okay. And then, right, and then cool. Dave goes, hey, you guys want to hear us sing Oh Sherry by Steve Perry from Journey? You want to hear us sing that song? And everyone's like, no. No, not really. <laughs> so this person certainly was that level drunk and yeah. was doing an Australian accent around the house. And I was like, it, this is really funny. It would the this, this what threw me off was the uh, the heavy breath right in the beginning, <laughs> just the uh, because either there's one of two things, either it was like the type of drunk where he forgot what he was in the middle of and then like went straight into the bit, or that was sort of like that uh, tone set for him where he was like, yeah, and then um, ah yes hello mate and it's like <laughs> all right <laughs> cut it out man just ask a regular question and be a uh, human for a second we we need we need to invent that that needs to be a thing like it's a vape pen mm -hmm. but you go oh, i want to call this person <laughs> am i too drunk <laughs> don't call <laughs> all right thanks yeah thanks thanks drunk drunk vape thank you uh <laughs> sound check what is that thing called the sound check thing Oh, the uh, it's not uh, sound check, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, oh my God, it's like a, it's called like a, like a, a tuner, a, ton, or, a tune harp or something. Yeah, yeah. it just, you know, it's, I think for people who are more talented, uh, I, certainly than I am, that you, sure. you're able to for go, me. you're, oh, uh, I hear, I hear B flat, and then you can, yeah, sing and they go, the they thing. can find their A. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that's, it's, it's, it's clownish now. Like if you if you have you if you're that level of singer you probably have perf perfect pitch sure probably you know um, and I'm not saying that you know just just because I went to state for choir <laughs> in high school I'm not uh, but it, 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 it's it, you know it, it, like if you, if John Legend came out and yeah. was like, hold on <laughs> um, okay okay I got it here we go yeah, it wouldn't it'd be like why and Why'd now a song about slavery John Legend <laughs> <laughs> the silliest tone <laughs> and, then and, then, and then he sings strange fruit sure <laughs> that's just classic John Legend shenanigans I love that <laughs> He warms up with Flintstones and then goes into <laughs> goes into strange fruit. Um, I did. I desperately wanted to be, and this is shameful, but I did at certain points in my life desperately want to be in an acapella choir. Sure, uh, me too. I I, th I think you'd be great at it. You have like a very like cool <laughs> bum 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 kind a baritone, of baritone. Uh, yeah, yeah, baritone voice. But mm -hmm. I didn't know what I could contribute, but I I really wanted to be in one. They oh, look I cool as shit to me. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, in high school we had like Take Six and Boys to Men, and yeah, stuff. like I, yeah, I was a, always a huge fan of that. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, I, I never found my friends not annoying enough to sure. form a group with. Where it's right, like, no, we can't. It's, you know, I, I went to. Uh, <laughs> it's going to sound insane, but my first uh, year of and pandering. 
frankly. But my first year of college, I went to Howard Homecoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Black Student Union of my school. And nice. I, 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 that's when people are like, why did you go to meetings? I'm like, my friends went. So I went <laughs> and they were cool with it. But so, but I got to see, you know, the point of the acapella, uh, Shy, you know, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, if, if I ever fall in love and yeah. like seeing them live and, and hearing them do, it was a pretty powerful song with no instruments in front mm -hmm. of them. I mean, it was like a 5,000 seater. This there's a big room. It was very, it was very like, and they hit that run that uh, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. yeah they did. It was great. And everyone was into it. And, uh, and then, and, and yeah. So it's like that, the power of that, but it's like my group, is gonna be called, you know, Acafellers. <laughs> You're gonna hate them. I just, know? I, I did. I just really wanted to get like a collection of dudes together and like sing Earth Angel. I didn't. It didn't yeah. even have to be cool songs. I just wanted yeah. it to be the, the whole vibe under a street light. Mm -hmm. but, you know, oh. on the corner and we're yeah. snapping and everybody. Yeah. Oh, that would have been fucking sweet. And, and, you know, the, 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 the necessity being the mother of invention is like when, okay, we can't afford instruments, mm -hmm. who can sing? Like, one of my favorite things about George Carlin old albums are these tangents he'd go out on and abandon. And he'd mm -hmm. go back to something that I don't really care about. But like, he had a bit about how when he, you know, he's growing up in New York, everybody wanted to, everybody was in a doo-wop group, whether they were good or bad. Yeah. And they'd be like, doo -dub, doo -dub, doo -dub, doo -dub. oh man, you're supposed to come in right there. Yeah. You're supposed to get the high, come on. And so they'd like angry with each other. So it's like, it, it was, it almost was like, it was like touch football. Mm -hmm. Like I was open. Right. We were, on, you know, everybody's a player, even everybody, though none of us are good at this. No, we're, we're, but together, maybe we can sing as good as one man. Yeah. So to, to the caller's point. Yeah. I do have like one white hair that, and you, it's, I, I wonder if that was my wife who called in because she's always, does your wife do this <laughs> where she'll look at your face and, and be like, cut that, mm -hmm. cut that right there. Yeah. Come here. I, and take I, uh... tweezers and hold you down. I have uh, uh, adult acne. I call it adult acne, even though sure. it's regular acne. I'm just uh, grown and it should have gone away by this point. But my wife has uh, come up with every uh, concoction and theory and a piece of equipment that she swears will make uh, all of the, you know, the and and would go away yes. and uh, after a while it's just us arguing about like no now I want it leave me alone I, I want to keep it <laughs> I want the I want my face to look like this now yeah. because you're doing this, this is much. the mole of a French model now <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, guy named Ellie so right. fuck you yeah. yeah leave me alone you're not in charge of me in every facet of my life something it, has to very... be mine it's very true. The male ego is a fragile thing, and no. it's kicked around too much. We just we will, we will, we will, we will die on the stupidest hill. Yep. I will keep this pimple to death yeah. <laughs> to prove to you, lady, that yeah. this is that this is mine, and prove you to can't you, have it. Enemy slash love of my life. <laughs> so to caller's point, horrible accent. But mm -hmm. yes, I should I should cut that. I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. I'm sure my guy Sean will will take care of it for me. So nice. Okay, let's roll call number two. Hi, Matt. My name's Sarah. I'm a school teacher in Wichita, Kansas, which right now pretty much sucks. I can't win. I can't win with my kids. I can't win with my parents. 
and my administration is insane, and my school district thinks it's a good idea to move us from all remote to hybrid education. So what's bugging me is that we seem to be ignoring all the science and facts. Um, we just ran out of ICU beds at our biggest hospital, but that's fine. And next week I'm supposed to get half my kids back face-to-face. So I don't know what kind of advice you can offer, but I'm just sharing my woes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. That's heavy. Oh, that is boy. heavy. And let me say, caller, thank you for calling and thank you for doing what you do. Uh, my parents are teachers, not that you need a personal connection, you know, but like yeah. it, 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 it's incredible. And I look, I will say, if you want to quit, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, it's easy for me to say, but it's like, it, at this point, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's do or die. I have friends who are teachers who are teaching in these hybrid classes, but I know for a, a fact that the, the state she's in is not treating it with the seriousness they need to be. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, as a former teacher, I, uh, know that that job is hard enough without any of like the external factors that COVID has probably added to all of right. this. Right. And so the idea of being in circumstances where not only are you going to a school that like is forcing you to be in a room with a bunch of nasty kids who are potentially coughing and sneezing and yeah. spreading a virus, but then you're going home to people who are not uh super supportive of the struggle that you're facing on a daily basis sounds right. frustrating so yeah i don't know move out of kansas move somewhere <laughs> that isn't kansas and maybe you'll start to see some progress i mean the one thing that like this trip we took that kind of taught me was like sometimes it's fine to just get the fuck out mm -hmm. and just you know and, and granted we have a decent level of resource so we were able to do this thing and go stay with her parents. But yeah, if you have somewhere else to go outside of Kansas that has more of a clamp down on this shit and you can get tested and you can live with someone else and partner on the rent or whatnot, you know, that, that, that is, that is something to certainly explore because I, I don't want to say, Oh, you have to quit your job. But I mean, look, you, you, I, I, I think future employer employers, elsewhere will understand when you resign because right. you, you do not owe these kids anything at this. No. Point. And, and, you, you know, obviously uh, you build relationships and you care about them and, and you clearly sound like a person who, who gives a shit in a way that is, is what we need for our educators and our yeah. youth, but also like to the, to our earlier point, you got to find your own joy, your own sanity in all of this. And, if that means making some sacrifices, fuck them kids. Go yeah. live your life. Go be great somewhere where, uh, you know, kids just learn on the internet like regular people. And stay alive. You know, the, the, yeah. you can hear the fear in her voice. And you can hear the, 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 the feeling of guilt because they're abandoned right now. Our educators, mm -hmm. our, our, our medical personnel, abandoned by the current administration. Yeah. Like, left left out to dry and and it's like look i'm a i'm a fucking liberal whatever but like the right wing always does that they they, they think they think being a teacher being a nurse is like a vocation it's like something mm -hmm. that's just like oh you i don't need to get paid for this i'm a saint if you die you die you're not yeah. a real, you're not a business person what does your job generate you know 
extrapolate yeah. that now we have a president who goes to arlington cemetery and goes what's with all these suckers why would they give up their lives you know like right. it's that mentality and that's as far as i'll go politically but it's, <laughs> you know it, it is this it is this thing where i just want to say this to her like you don't you don't deserve any of this guilt you don't sure. deserve any of this uncertainty you don't deserve to be losing your mind every single night where you're like well i'm worried about jennifer i'm worried about andre you know okay but you have to, it doesn't help them if you get sick. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, it, no one learns more. If you, it's just, it's. Yeah. And you yeah. know, with, with uh, everything on the uptick and, and certainly not, we're not getting better in this. Right. And so at a certain point, it is going to require people to just put their foot down and be like, I don't plan to be a part of, adding to a larger problem even at the cost and all of this comes from a position of privilege to be like hey quit your job totally. go figure something else out and it's yeah, like I, I, mean, I know that's not easy i know that's not like a, a simple answer but it kind of is the only answer which look i don't want to i don't want to quote seal but we're never going to survive unless we get it because <laughs> even if you have the, there's you know the, not to be that person just like america is the land of stick to itiveness and that you know that yeah. horse shit but even if you have a little like jumping ship and just doing something else, you know, you'll, you, you, you'll, I can, I can tell this caller, I, she's going to be okay. Yeah. She's an educated person and she's going to land, you know, she might land on, on her side, not her feet, but she'll get up. And it's, yeah. it, it's just that thing where it's, it's, I think we're going to see a lot of this. We're going to have a lot of these professionals, um, just start resigning per union regulations and shit. Like NATO green uh, is a, is a comedian union organizer. And he was telling me about how there's this woman who is the head of the flight attendants union and the power she holds mm -hmm. is insane mm -hmm. because it's, it's that thing where if the plane stop moving, business stops moving. And it's that thing where teachers, you know, their unions might have to reach that point where it's just like, Hey, no, the federal government, with the months it has left or weeks, I should say, has to step in and do something or there's no school. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why fucking, you know, the mob and the, the teamsters were so intertwined back in yeah. the day was because, all right, this is the dude or the people that are like directly in charge of the workforce mm -hmm. that gets everything done that I would need in order to run my criminal operation. Exactly. So and I got to make that, good that with them. For, that was for profit, but power is power. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, long as we all dress up like the nation of Islam and that woman this <laughs> and this, and we all turn like, then it's, yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, <laughs> 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 I remember, I remember seeing that movie as a kid and being like, uh, being like, wow, that's, that's a cool move. That's mm -hmm. a cool planned move. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my hand up. And then, you know, typically it'd be like, all right, let's get out of here. And when it disperses, it's like, no, we're going to do like a kind of, we're going to we're get out of here. Cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's intimidating. You guys leave like, 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 like iron soldiers. That's very cool. <laughs> I will say that the the seal quote I thought you were gonna say was uh Kiss from Rose. Heidi Klum, I can't believe you let me have sex with you. That was the seal quote I thought you were going for. And I was like, that doesn't relate to this lady's issues at all. But it and is that a was good a question. weird song. That's a weird <laughs> <laughs> But he was he was very that's a very real sentiment. 
you know, uh-huh. <laughs> look, we've all been there. Sure. Like, I can't believe you let me have sex with you is it's relatable. I love that Hannibal had that bit that was like, if I'm having sex with someone drunk, I'm like, this is great. And if I'm high, I'm like, why is this person letting me do this to her? <laughs> that's, that's appropriate or nothing, but it just reminded me of that. It's um, a great bit. And speaking of great bits, I want to shout out like the, the bit of yours I think about a lot is the, um, the bit about your wedding. You're like, why did I pay? Oh, <laughs> what do you say? Like, yeah, I forget how much money it was. $58,000 to, $50, to be, to be on, on Molly talking to my grandmother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not untrue. It's no, it very makes, true. It makes me laugh. You know, because I remember my, my wedding, we had, we got married in the courthouse and had a celebration the next day. And I remember there was a lot of dancing, and, but it was like, I, I never got a chance to eat. Yeah. Like I, I remember just grabbing pieces, stuff off the table. Right. Like, to not, to not have a hunger headache. Yeah. Because there wasn't a moment, you know, and a lot of that's me where I was just, saying not never you can't say no no i think it's it literally was the thing that our our wedding planner warned us about was like yo a bunch of people because of the schedule and all that you're gonna have to go from table to table to thank people for being here right and you're going to be so excited or so distracted you're gonna forget to finish your meal don't do that like sit down and eat and then continue in the evening because you're gonna be drinking and doing drugs and partying and I don't want to be responsible for you being laid out at 1030 yeah. in this uh, rented space. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, Hey, you know, adulthood, it ain't what they told you. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's, let's roll the, it's, it, thank you again. Uh, uh, caller number two, uh, your name is escaping me. We're going to scatterbrain, but I hang in there. And if, if you, if, if you don't feel safe, get out. That's, mm-hmm. that's just how I feel. And it, it, as, as, as Langston put it, it's easy for us to say, cause we're doing all right, but you, you only have this life. So, you know, protect it. Yeah. These kids are not your responsibility at this, at this point. Um, and, and love to you. And thanks for, and thanks for, she ended it so sweet. She's like, you probably don't have any advice, but just wanted to air my worries. Like so yeah. nice. I'm just like, She's like you two idiots can't help me, but go please. I mean, she, for real. <laughs> You know, we don't, we really have a solution, but then again, uh, okay. So we got one more call. Uh, roll it, Renee. Hi, Matt. I've got a simple one for you. What kind of pizza do you think, do you guys think goes best with existential dread and the collapse of civil liberties and should it have olives on it? Mm. Anyway, thanks. Bye. <laughs> that's simple. Yeah, I don't know if that's a easy question at all. Okay. Well, it, she said, okay, what pizza mm-hmm. should I eat? Yep. First off, let's, let's just go, let's, let's do it one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, so what, what would your call be for what pizza? Should she well, eat? if we're talking about like uh end of the world pizza, I'm going uh like, like Giordano's like, okay. you know, I, I want some of that just that thick Chicago shit that uh, you don't really, I mean, there's a few places that do it out here, but uh, was that your, yeah, was that your spot? Was your Donald's? I was a, I always went uh, a home run in or, uh, or, or uh, Luminati's. Yeah. I, I, uh, on the West side, there's more Giordano's than there yes. are the and other. So like Giordano's, my... I will say as a total package experience is fantastic. 
Like, yeah, I don't know that it's the the best of them. Like, I I I I'm ninety five percent sure that my taste buds are uh, not good. Like, they're shitty. <laughs> like, they don't work as well as they should. And so, partly, I think they again got burned off by gallons and gallons of Mountain Dew that I drank as a child. I blame sure. most of my problems on the Mountain Dew that I used to drink. Um, but I will say that, uh, if I have to go out and if the dread is going to consume me, I would love a, just a big old saucy deep dish, you know, pizza and go crazy with that. Yeah. I think at this, at this time, more is more, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you need, you need the problem smotherer, you know, you need the, the something, something that will, that will, that will crush the existential dread under, uh, tedious amounts of yeah of of starch cheese and meat exactly vegetables you know a couple vegetables so you don't hate yourself too much Maybe yeah mushroom here or there <laughs> yeah throw and to her to her last question yeah throw those olives in if that's gonna make it if that's the vitamins you think you need go yeah. crazy i love olives on pizza and but you know my wife doesn't really like much she likes maybe one or two kinds of olives and not on pizza so mm-hmm. if we're talking uh, you know, a personal piece of she's eating by herself. And as a, a, a Parnan and Charlie, and Charlie famously put it, uh, any, any size pizza is personal if you're sad enough. Yep. So get <laughs> what, whatever size. And it want. sounds like you've got a lot of sadness you're working through. So yeah, they get yep. yourself an extra large yes. with all the toppings that make you feel whole. My, my personal favorites are uh, mushrooms. I like spinach. Yeah. I also like, uh, there's a it in certain places they'll let you put uh they'll let you put chicken and uh sun-dried tomatoes on that bad boy and that's okay. pretty fucking banging or yeah. or uh banana peppers with chicken yes. and that's fucking great i do but, love a banana pepper yeah go yeah. crazy whatever crazy. you need uh yeah. and make it make it the largest personal pizza you can you can pull off there you go so we went we answered one and three we did the pizza we did the olives Yep. And so the middle is um, how to deal with the existential dread and anxiety, mm-hmm. which really should be the name of this podcast. It's long, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's not as good of a name, but it no. also is maybe more to the point. I mean, the big, the, my, my big not so secret on this is this is a good way for me to have long conversations with you know, people I enjoy and, you know, during this time of, of lockdown, yeah. but also to feel like I'm doing something, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit. And, and, but it, in the end, it's also self-therapy doing this show gives me a lot of perspective, which I think is so important. You, I, I've had the benefit and so have you in terms of having a lot of perspective because we've been around, we've gone yeah. all over the country, the world. Uh, we've had a lot of, you know, uh, uh, we, we talk about our lives constantly yeah for sure we're we're very aware of you know being of how self-centered we are mm-hmm. which i think everyone is you know i don't think we're we're the giant anomaly that people that talk about us the, the way that you know oh community is so self-centered it's like everybody is it's like that old thing of like if you're worried about people talking about you, you no know, people basically think about themselves that's yeah, we're we uh we are merely a a articulation of the larger reality that is just human beings thinking and and focusing on themselves. Yes, and then hopefully we're able to the art, as yes. it were, is uh, just us turning the mirror back and being like, hey, 
you see how I'm thinking about me? You're like me, huh? Yeah. So we relate in that way. I, I am a badly drawn caricature of a human that makes people laugh. Yeah, That's exactly. Kind of my bag. Yeah. You know? It's it's you know I I feel like you you have you have a, a friendly approachableness I think <laughs> and you know and I think like my thing has kind of been well I felt like I was onto something when I get on stage and people would just start laughing and mm-hmm. I'm like hey <laughs> let's take it easy come on you know? yeah. hey uh, <laughs> but, I feel things so uh, maybe yeah. not so quickly after yes, I'm, I'm pulling the mic out this hurts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think to, to, I'll, I'll just say to the, to the caller's question, um, how to deal with it. You're, you, A, you're not alone. We're all there. Uh, B, people have gone through what you've gone through for a long, long time and they made it through and C, don't be so hard on yourself mm-hmm. in this, in this moment. I, I think the, the first, the first step is always going, you know, Hey, this sucks. I remember when I was a PA uh, and for a, a, a reality show uh, production company, and I was picking up eight lunches from Quiznos. Right. That I all had to be paid in separate credit cards and cash. So everyone <laughs> in line hates me. Yep. And I get it. I get all the fucking sandwiches, and I get out to my car, and I I've lost my keys, and I don't know where my keys are, and my spot's about to run out of time and the on the meter. And I just out loud laughed and went, this sucks so bad. <laughs> and I went back inside and I found my keys were on the counter. You yeah, know? Yeah. And that's not some mystical thing of like, make a wish. But the right. fact, one thing that got me through was just being like, holy fuck, this is horrible. Yeah. Like, when, when my wife and I, we're, every year we take a big trip and we went to Vietnam one year and we went on a bike tour. And this dude takes us out on bicycles and goes on the freeway. And it's a packed speeding freeway because people just take their bicycles and we'll cross five lanes. Right. Off, we crossed a freeway and cars are just zipping around me and they're not honking. They're used to that shit. There's people sure. that are on mopeds, people biking. And I remember being so afraid for my life. All I could do is laugh. Right. Where I was and like, this is fucking insane. I just kept saying that over and over. So yeah, to your maybe point, that, I- maybe that can help her. I think, I think some of it is, is just taking, take, saying the thing out loud. Yeah. Like taking a moment to be like, yo, this fucking sucks. (laughs) I need, I need a, a a poisonous pizza to stuff down my face to make the feeling not feel that way. And it, it doesn't resolve the problem, but it does, you know, give you a second to be like, okay. I'm not, I'm not just stuffing this down and hoping that it fixes itself. I can acknowledge that like, yo, I'm not enjoying this at all. And I need something to enjoy. Yeah. I, I, I need to give myself a treat. We all need mm-hmm. treats. You can't, you can't live on treats or live for treats, but we need them. Mm-hmm. We need them. So, you know, give yourself that pizza. Don't have one every day. But yeah. Like, yeah, don't do that. The fact that you're making through and eat it and laugh and be like this fucking blows man yeah don't don't eat one every day because then you'll have a new problem and the other problems it's not going to solve the current problems and it's just going to add a new problem you yeah. want what you want is to be able to face existential dread with both your feet 
And <laughs> if you eat a pizza every day, you're going to lose one of those. And yeah. we don't want that. So no. maybe just every once in a while, give yourself a, a pizza with olives if that's what you're into. And yeah. yeah, see what happens. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, so hey, hang in there. We're all there with you. But did you have fun on the show? Lance? I had a blast. What a time. Good. This was yeah. truly what I needed to kick off uh, the weekend. I mean, uh, you know, and with, with all our plans to party with all our friends that you and sure. I you know. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, now I'm like, hey, we should do a distance meetup with like friends. I'm like, in a couple of weeks. You yeah, know, it's like, we don't have to rush to that. No, <laughs> everything's just spinning out of control. But, uh, but th this was great. Is there something you would like to share with it? Like the, to plug or. Oh, sure. I, I, every, I have a, a brand new, it's not that brand new anymore, but I have a podcast called uh, my mama told me that is oh, yeah. about black people and conspiracy theories and the conspiracy theories that black people believe. And uh, it's very fun and toxic and not at all meant to create any goodness in the world. And I'm, really no, but it does because I, it. I love, Look, I love stuff that is that is specific, but as soon as you say it, people go, yep. Yeah. You know, where, where uh, I mean, I went, you know, I went to school in New York and I had, I had guys that would, in the middle of like a biology class, start talking 5%er shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and like, wait, no. You're like, right. That's, okay. You know, it's like, I mean, I think the, I think the legend of Yakub is, is pretty hilarious. And I, and, and no we offense. Yeah, we no, it is. And we just Zach Fox did an episode where we unpacked it. And frankly, I as somebody who went in similarly being like, this is a ridiculous theory. After I did some research on it, I was like, I don't know, these motherfuckers might be onto something. Yaku might have figured it out. Yeah, he, the, who know? I don't know. There might have been a giant headed scientist who created a race <laughs> of, of untrustworthy people that sure. I'm, you know, uh, but it, it, it's it, it. I remember. I, I did a a, a a comedy festival in in, in Traverse City, which is mm -hmm. in Michigan, and it's Michael Moore's comedy festival that he. So nice. me and Sarah Tiana <laughs> and a couple people, we had like dinner with him on the last yeah. night of the festival, and he broke down how he believes OJ didn't do it; his son did. And yeah, he I've broke, heard he, that before. Have you heard that? Yeah. yeah. And he broke. I was like, "Come on, man!" And but he broke it down so finely that I had to go, hmm, like, and I don't mm -hmm. believe that necessarily, but it's just that if someone can take what I think of as an insane conspiracy or a theory, but they can break yeah. it down that well, I'll listen. I'm not and gonna- And I, I think to me, that's the joy of uh, intermixing so much of this with comedy is we get to have a reflective look at it without uh, any expertise. So I can, I can go through the breakdown and not feel at all responsible for like sending people off in the world to then like, you know, be the hero that like gets OJ uh, no. re-acquitted for whatever he didn't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck enough and I'm an idiot and I tell jokes, but yeah. here's some information I found in a Google search. Let's I, see I, what happens. I dude, I'm going to start listening to that podcast because I, I love that idea. And it's, yeah. and it's now I'm like, I'm thinking of, I'm, I've got like rap lyrics banging around in my head that <laughs> there was a rapper from LA named Cam who had a song called Holiday Madness, where he's mm -hmm. like, while um, there's something you were waiting, you allowed your child to worship a Satan, better known as Santa, 
claws in your pocket from LA to Atlanta. And yeah. it's like, and I don't know why it stopped in Atlanta. Why didn't it keep going? Nah, it's, that's where it's saying. That's the rhyme. <laughs> but it's, I remember listening to that song in college and we were uh, violently high. And uh, <laughs> my, my, my friend, my friend Larry was like, was he's like, worship of Satan, better known as Santa. And he went, he went, you just take away one letter. Fuck man. And he goes in the hallway. <laughs> he had to go walk around like this. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Let's, I, I love the idea of causing a little chaos in a different uh, tone than the, the one that currently exists. So, well, yeah, it's listen fun. to the podcast. It's, it's fun to hear that, you know, like Kyle does the Boogie Monsters podcast where they kind of run down the legend of like the Jersey Devil and, and all this yeah. stuff. And, you know, we had Kyle and I do this weekly check in show where we raise money for charities. I got to get you on that too. And we yeah, like have a couple that. drinks and we like, uh, uh, we check in with each other, do like this, but we'll just call people in their home and like make fun of their apartment and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, walk around your house, you know, stuff like that. Perfect. But like, we had the editor of the week, weekly world news and he is so dead on that all his stuff is real that he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I got an announcement. Bat boy is running for president. And we're like, wow, that's late, man. Like this was a week before the election. Yeah. And he's like, I think he's got a chance, you know, but like, I don't know if he, <laughs> You know, crazy, but it's like, I would rather talk about that than anything that could be plausibly real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and those, those conspiracies, I mean, my, 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 yeah, that, and the name of the podcast is, 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 is great. It's my mama. Told me. Yeah. Told my me. mama told me. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Check it out wherever you do the podcast. Stuff. Yes. And yeah, thank you Mind for having me. Get on it. Get on, uh, get on the Langston train. Um, so th- thanks again for coming on, man. And what a fun uh, time. And I, and I appreciate you. And uh, you and you and the wife have a great weekend. And, and though she is a more valuable human than you, no offense, <laughs> you still have to understand. <laughs> I, I'm immediately jumping on your friend's train. Sure. <laughs> You're not wrong. I never told them they're wrong. I just tell them it hurts. I, no, it hurts I, you, my feelings. Hurts. Yeah. But that that truth hurts. Where you're like, yeah, if I didn't have her, I'd I'd be I'd be in a real bad place or day. this wouldn't be going well for me. So it yeah, would, I, I'll take that. It would not, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, and just you keep reminding me of funny shit. I remember there was two guys that were gonna fight in a bar, and the one guy said to the other one, "Hey man, we can do this, but it will not go well for you." And it's just funny that he just stated it so succinctly. <laughs> He's just like, look, straight up, I'm going to fuck you up. I don't want to fuck you up. Let's see what, you know. He said it almost from a corporate standpoint. Uh, I, I have been uh, told by management to tell you. You're going to be in the red this month if you make this choice. And I don't want that to happen. But here we are. Uh, well, thanks again, Langston. Appreciate yeah, thank it, you. Good seeing you, dude. You too. Thanks for listening to another hilarious, better than any podcast out there episode of This Might Help. If you need advice, give me a call, 323-763-0228. Again, that's 323-763-0228. Thanks. This Might Help with Matt Bronger was created and hosted by me, Matt Bronger. Produced by Outer Circle Media. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.